Welcome to Tackling the NFL, the only NFL podcast that is well over 80% vaccinated. That puts us in a much better position than I'd say like 90% of NFL teams, maybe all of them. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. How about you, Adam? I'm, <laughs> I feel healthy. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, so this week, uh, this episode is a little late. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we've had a busy week. This week, we are going to be doing a shorter conversation because Julio Jones got traded. And I know we discussed what that would look like a little bit last week. And it happened, I think, a lot quicker than I expected it to. I sort of expected it to be a little bit more of a dragged out process. Maybe he gets traded during training camp. Like, it takes a little while. And I mean, he was gone within a week. It was pretty fast. The June 1st deadline has passed. And I guess that made teams ready to trade. However, the trade return was not not optimal for the Falcons. So, Adam, why don't you tell me how you feel about this? Yeah, I, as you mentioned, it happened quick. And this is not one of those deals where as soon as it's offered to you, you're like, we have to take this. We got to get this done now before they back out. Because in, re- in reality, you could have gotten a lot for Julio Jones. He is a A1 player who's coming off injuries and is a little old. And there was talks that he might not even get a first, which I thought was ridiculous. And this deal is just atrocious for the Falcons. I don't see any way in which they win this deal. If they had kept him on, they're paying his salary for maybe one or two more years, uh, however long he wants to stay, maybe re-up him if he does well. But, okay, so this is, this is the trade terms. The Falcons get a 2022nd second rounder and a 2023 fourth rounder. The Titans get Julio and a sixth rounder in 2023. Um, the Titans take on Julio's salary of $15.3 million in 2021 and the rest of the deal, and the Falcons have $7.75 million in dead money this year. So the Falcons really don't get much for Julio Jones. And I think that in itself is ridiculous. Yeah, I just can't believe that no one would give two day two picks for him. That was really what stunned me. I expected them to get a first, but I, I guess I had to. I had no choice but to believe the reports that no one was giving them a first. Again, if I were in charge of an NFL team and I was anywhere near comp- like competing, I would probably be running to go give some, uh, the Falcons a first for Julio Jones. But the idea that they couldn't get a second and a third, that they had to resort to was essentially a second and then a day three pick swap is pretty mind-blowing to me. And it raises a lot of questions about the direction of the franchise, given that they were willing to take this trade. So that's what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be a little bit shorter, but we are going to be talking about what this trade does for the direction of the Titans and for the Falcons and what we think this means for their futures. So which team do you want to start with, Adam? I think we should start with the Titans because we just talked a little bit about the Falcons. Okay, sure. Uh, this one's a little bit more optimistic, although I'll say not, not, not too optimistic because I just don't think it puts them that much closer to a Super Bowl. I think it puts them closer to upsetting a team in the first round if they want, if like that's what they're going for. And I can't really fault them all that much. I think it's a little silly that like, Either you're going like going for a Super Bowl or you should just tank. Like we obviously don't want that kind of culture. There have to be teams that are at least good. So in that sense, it's a net plus. I do wonder though, Adam, do you think that this makes the Titans the favorites in the AFC South? I, I think that's definitely in consideration. Uh the the Indian we've talked so much about how much we love the Indianapolis Colts, how deep they are on all levels of the field, 
how much they have on defense and offense. But that, but then team success really comes down to the success of Carson Wentz. And that's not really something I'm ready to bet on. We, we've talked about the importance of a good quarterback, and the Titans have a good one. I wouldn't say great, but he's a good quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. And he has, he's behind this brand-new offense with uh, Todd Downing at the helm with this brand-new scheme. It's just that defense, which worries me. And the Colts are just so much more even overall that I think that they'll win more close games than the Titans will. This is the question that's been bugging me all week, and I've been spending a lot of time thinking about it. And I think that on paper, it might still be Indianapolis. However, I actually think that despite the moves that they made, they may be worse at each of the three most important positions. You know, we're generalizing, but what a lot of people would argue are the three most important positions on the team after this offseason, because I think that Phil... (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Hey, they kept my... They kept my team mind. That's true. Philip Rivers, I would say, is better than Carson Wentz. He certainly played better than Carson Wentz for the past couple of years. You could, Wentz has a higher ceiling for sure, but so far, at least recently, Philip Rivers has been, at the very least, good. And it's gonna t- it's a tough task for Wentz to even reach that level, given how he's played recently. Justin Houston is better than Quidi Pay. Now, maybe not long term, obviously, but at least for this season, Justin Houston was really good last year, and I'm surprised he hasn't been signed yet. I think he's gonna get a bigger deal than people expect. Uh, especially if a team is able to clear out some cap space in the next couple of weeks. I think that would make a lot of sense for quite a few teams that could use help at defensive end, including the Titans, really, actually. Um, and then finally, Anthony Costanzo is, I, I'm not sure if better, but at the very least equal to Eric Fisher. And Eric Fisher is coming into the season unsure if he's probably going to be able to play week one because of his late injury. So with those three positions I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not sure if it's in flux, but at the very least, much more questionable than they were at this time last year. I don't know if the Colts are actually going to be that much better, which is why for me, I'm not sure if it makes a ton, a ton of sense on paper. I think I still take the Titans to win this division. Yeah, it it really comes down to like you you mentioned three positions. I think it really just comes down to one, and that's Carson Wentz, because uh, in reality, even if Quiddy is a little bit worse than Justin Houston or Eric Fisher is injured for a couple of weeks coming into the season and doesn't perform that great. It, if Carson Wentz is a, even a shadow of his former self, then that team will do wonders. It's just betting on Carson Wentz is something that no person with a brain should do. And it's, it's just a tough situation to be in. But at the same time, the Titans have proven talent on both sides of the ball, just not nearly enough on defense. And that's, I think, going to be their downfall. They're going to, they're very similar to the Falcons, in which I think that a lot of the games that they play this season will be very high scoring and they could be on the bad side of it. I definitely agree that their defense will be, I guess, at least bad, maybe mediocre. I think it's probably their ceiling, but they're going to be better than last year purely because of luck and the variance that you see on the defensive side of the ball and because of their additions on the defensive line. Uh, no matter how well you think about the value in signing Bud Dupree or how much you think uh, Danico Autry has left in the tank, they're definitely better than the options they had there last year. And that, at the very least, is going to make them better. They did replace almost their entire secondary, which was a secondary filled with big names who are actually getting paid a lot of money, but they all sort of sucked last year. So I don't yeah. think it can be that much worse. <laughs> so I think that at least along those lines, the Titans defense will be better. And that might be the difference between their team last year and their team this season, because their offense will probably be different. As you mentioned, Todd Downey is their new offensive coordinator. 
who doesn't have much of a history as a coordinator. He was a Raiders offensive coordinator in 2017 and was fired a year later. So there's not much there for us to look at, really. But the balance between passing and running is probably going to change this year. I, you know, we've been thinking this for years, but at some point, pro- like eventually, probably, Derrick Henry's going to burn out. Like you probably need to start leaning on the pass game a little bit heavier, especially in the modern NFL when we've seen in consecutive postseasons that it's just not really possible to make a deep run if you're betting your entire offense on your bell cow running back running for 200 yards a game. Because even if he does that, you won't always win. It's a good problem to have for the Titans offense to have a bunch of different guys to go after, a lot of big names that you have to feed the ball. You could worry about who gets the ball when and amount of touches, but I don't think that should be too much of a problem with these guys. Julio knows his position as a vet, that he has to help the other guys grow. Brown definitely understands the legacy of Julio Jones, as I've seen over social media for the past week. Uh, and because he wants a cut for the for his all of his rec- recruiting that he did for Julio. <laughs> and uh, Derrick Henry is, a, as you mentioned, a bell cow back, but no running back will be too upset with less contact on their head throughout the game. So it, it's it's a good situation to be in. My real question is, how do you think that their offense now stacks up with the rest of the great offenses in the AFC? Like, where do you think that they are on the tier-wise? Let me put it this way. I think that they're a clear tier behind Kansas City. They're a clear tier behind Buffalo. They're, if what happened, what I think will happen this year happens, I think that they're a tier behind uh, Baltimore. Although that one, I think, is definitely more questionable because I think that both those teams could be really good. And we don't know how much Julio helps this team. I yeah. think that he's like, I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. He's better than Corey Davis. But how much better than Corey Davis is he, given that they're going to play pretty similar roles and given that they're losing Jonu Smith uh, and their right tackle? I don't know. Where, do, where do you think Smith. they fall? And and Arthur Smith, just because we don't know what it's going to look like. I'm, I'm going to go look for more teams. I think that are better than them. But what do you think? That's, that's my one concern, too. Uh, I, I, I don't know how this offense is going to work with Arthur, without Arthur Smith. It's going to be a completely new system. I hope that they start to, imp- that they start to um, put A.J. Brown on all spots on the field because he is a generational talent, and if they don't use him that way, then they're fools. He has potential to be one of the best receivers for the next decade of football. Julio uh, is, has still got uh, a lot left in him freak of nature so even if he's not doesn't have much left in him you can throw him the ball and he'll catch it uh Derrick Henry's really good that offensive line is not that strong but it will do enough I think to get the holes open for Henry and get the ball out for Tannehill I think that they'll be the third best offense in the AFC this year I do have them better than Baltimore but that's just because I don't know what Lamar's like with a passing offense because we haven't seen that throughout his career I, d- I definitely think that Buffalo and Kansas City are on their own tier, but I think that this team could be really, really good on offense. I'm just worried, more worried about the defense. Yeah, I think that I would probably put them in my second tier with probably the Browns, like them and the Browns in my second tier in the AFC, which isn't a bad spot to be in, I would say. I think it's a pretty solid team with the chance to move up to the first tier, given that you have Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown. I mean, that's a great starting combination. But if that's where you are, I think that that means that your ceiling is if you get lucky, the conference championship, especially given how bad we think yeah. this defense is going to be. 
it's just so tough to be an AFC team nowadays. Yeah. You know what? Just enjoy this Titans fans. Like you get yeah. one of the greatest receivers of all time on your team. It's going to kick ass. And I hope they pass the ball enough to really showcase both him and AJ Brown. Yep. And Falcons enjoy your dead money. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to the Falcons then where they've had just a mind boggling off season with a series of contradictions. I think in their moves when they yep. started by restructuring Matt Ryan's contract, then they drafted Kyle Pitts instead of Justin Fields or even trading back. They hired Arthur Smith and also like more quietly, but I think interesting, equally interestingly, Dean Pease, who's an older coach who they hired out of retirement. I don't really know how he fits into their timeline. I just want to know when they think that they're contending. Because if it's right now, you find another way to clear out the money to sign your mid-round picks, which is what they're saying this is about. They need to uh, sign their rookie draft picks. If that's what that's about, like there are ways to get that money. You can move money around. The Saints have been doing it for years. You don't need to ship off Julio Jones. <laughs> if it's later yeah. and it's like two or three years from now, and that's why you decided to trade Julio Jones, then you probably should have drafted a younger quarterback and let uh, Arthur Smith develop him. Th- that's why I'm so confused. And I-, I don't know if frustrated is the right word. So I'm not a Falcons fan, but at least annoyed by this offseason because I don't really know what Terry Fontenot or found to know, and the rest of the uh, Falcons front office. Doesn't matter. He won't be here for very long anyway. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, it's. I'm just tired of all these like weird excuses for not signing for not signing Julio Jones. Like, they're not one of them correlates with another one. They're they're all over the place. One of them is saying, "Oh, we're lucky to have gotten a second for him. He's 33 years old." The other one's saying, "Oh, we need to sign our rookie draft pick." Uh, then you then uh, just completely throwing that away. Oh, they'll they'll say something like, "Oh, we need we need, we need to restructure our offense around Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. We don't need him. We that's why we drafted Kyle Pitts." And uh, to all of these different excuses, you have the same answer. It just it's not worth giving up Julio Jones. There's no reason to give him up. There are ways around doing something that ruins your team, like. Julio is a face of our organization and maybe he doesn't want to stay in Atlanta. So maybe you have to trade him. So if you have to trade him, you get good value for him. You don't get good value for him. I guess he's unhappy in Atlanta, but he plays. It, it, it doesn't make much sense. And all these different excuses just are terrible ways to try and get out of a terrible situation. The next steps that we're going to see this team take are probably something like signing Calvin Ridley to an extension playing out the next couple of years on Matt Ryan's contract and then hoping that they're in a position to draft a quarterback. This, this doesn't seem like it's going to end well. And I don't think that even though this move is clearly meant to make their cap space, like a little bit cleaner and a little bit easier in 2022 and 2023, I think they're actually just putting themselves in a harder position, not specifically with this move, but with the accumulation of moves that they've made this off season, the rhyme and the reason is lacking here. And that's, that's the problem. Yeah. Once again, if you're going to do this, get a first round pick because if you're giving up first round talent for someone for a second and a fourth round pick, you're giving up your, your current, your present for not much in the future. If you're giving up what you have now to a, a team that's trying to contend, you can get their future. That's, that's the whole point of trading in the NFL. You're going to be, the other team should be worse in the future and you're going to be worse now. I don't think that the Titans are that much worse in the future. And I think that the Falcons are worse in the present and in the future by doing this. Adam, you're more checked into or plugged into like 
Falcons rumors or whatever, obviously as a Falcons fan, did you hear any rumors that Julio really wanted out or whether, because I know that he said like on the TV show, yeah, I'm out of there. Right. But was that something like he had accepted that he was going to be traded or did he legitimately want out? Because I do think that that changes it a little bit. And if he really wanted to be traded, they just sort of had to take what they could get. But I didn't hear all that much that had him like insisting that he needed to be traded. After that Shannon Sharp clip came out, I did see a couple of people come out and say like, oh, he, yes, he's talked about this, that he wants out. Because once he says it, anyone can say it. That's that's kind of how that works. So there's a couple of people that came out and were like, yeah, Julio Jones didn't want to be here. Julio Jones um, wants is interested in moving to somewhere with a long ball quarterback. Uh, Julio Jones wants a younger quarterback at the helm, uh, stuff like that. But nothing really like, I need to be out of Atlanta. That city sucks. Nothing like Tack McKinley leveled that. I am going to be sad not to see the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones connection again, because it was a thing of beauty. I mean, they were had like a mind meld that very few players and quarterbacks have at this point in the NFL. I think Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are pretty comparable. One. And another one that we might be losing. That Titans offense will be quite a team to watch, especially in the first couple of weeks as we see how they integrate Julio and A.J. Brown as just two of the freakiest receivers in the league, uh, along with just Ryan Tannehill and how much of a burden they really want to put on him. But it's gonna, it should be interesting. And it's unfortunate for Falcons fans, but I do think that it's gonna be it's gonna be good content for the league at least, as much as I would have liked to have seen the Ridley Julio Pitts connection. Yeah, I was very excited for that too. It's an end of the era for me. I've I've grown up watching both of these players um, like grow together. Julio's learned from guys like Roddy White. Um, Matt's learned from well, really like Matt Schaub, I guess, because he's kind of been there forever. Um, it, it's it's been a great connection. Julio's been leaving his legacy on to, to Calvin Ridley. He's been teaching him pretty much throughout um, the entire first two or three years of his career. I don't know what he's on now. We're kind of halfway through two and three. And between three and four, if I'm not mistaken. Three and four. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's, it's tough to see someone that's so important to the team's growth go, especially when you got a rookie wide receiver and Frank Darby, you got this new team around you. I would have liked to have seen him pulled through a little bit longer, but honestly, if he plays well in the Titans, then I'll be happy just because I know the Falcons aren't going to do anything this year. So I guess I got a team to root for in the AFC. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I think that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back next week. Again, I think on Thursday because of a bunch of things going on at the beginning of the week. We will have maybe a shorter episode, but then we'll start ramping up again in the following weeks as we actually get into summer uh, and training camp starts kicking up. We get all the fun rumors that we talked about at the beginning of our show, well, at the beginning of our show when we first started talking, and we'll figure it out along the way. So if you guys have any ideas, let us know. But until then, we will see you guys next week.